Well, good morning, Grace. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. And I want you to turn, it's what I call the seeker's chapter, and you're going to figure this out as we, as we dive in. But um, man, I'm telling you, there are a lot of programs that happen this time of year. How many of you have been to Christmas program already this season? Your kids, your grandkids, or something else? Anybody just hands up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, man, I, I see you. Uh, I feel what you're going through, man. It's just, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not bad. Like, we, in fact, we used to do like kind of a family type program here at Grace in the evenings. We just, you know, have all kinds of kids, uh, you know, play. It was a lot of fun. Um, but man, that was like, that was eight years ago and we packed it. I don't know how we get everybody in here, but we would have some fun. So one year in particular, uh, Pastor Brian Taylor, uh, Matt Ritchie, Pastor Matt and myself, we, um, we decided that we were going to bless the congregation by singing We Three Kings of Orient Are. And we knew it was really honestly probably going to be the highlight of the Christmas season for many, many people. <laughs> And like four, four minutes before we were supposed to sing, I got this great idea because I remembered that we'd had a kids program that morning that included adults and that they had left all of the costumes to be put away back in, the, in, uh, in a conference room. So I got Matt and Brian and said, hey, come with me real quick. And so we go to the back and, and there, sure enough, are all the costumes. I'm like, hey, listen, man, we're going to do We Three Kings. I think it would be hilarious. We're going to come out dressed as kings. This will be awesome. And so, like, so you know, me and, and Brian, we, we, put, we reach for robes and, and we, we just put them on. And, man, we're laughing. And, and Matt, Pastor Matt is like, I'm not doing it. I'm like, what? And, and he's like, that is a dress. That's not a, that's not a robe. That's a dress. I am not wearing a dress. I'm like, it's for the children. And uh, <laughs> it didn't work. So, so here's what happened, man. We marched up. Me and Brian are dressed in, you know, uh, in, in costume. And Matt is wearing jeans and a flannel shirt. He's like, we three kings of Orient are. And what we're going to read is that when they saw Jesus, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Pastor Matt had no exceeding great joy on his face <laughs> whatsoever. But you know, it's crazy because, man, like, the, like the, the, the kings are just part of the story. And, and it's funny because we don't even know how many they are. Because the only passage that we have in Scripture that refers to these guys is right here. And there's not going to be a number mentioned. Now, we probably get that because, of, you know, they offered gifts of, of, of uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so we just assume they're three. There's tradition and all that. They're, they're probably not even kings. In fact, more likely, they were some sort of pagan religious leader that were astrologers. They follow the signs, as we're going to see. But it's funny. I mean, when you get a nativity set, which I, I've got into this thing as I travel around the world, I love buying handmade nativity sets. It's just kind of a collection thing I've, I've got going on. And, 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 you know, if you have a nativity set, you're going to have Jesus, you're going to have Mary and Joseph, there's usually an angel at least one shepherd with an assortment of animals. And who else? Three kings. Well, here's, here's, a funny, here's a funny thing. They weren't even there when Jesus was born. I know I'm just destroying your Christmas story. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Why did we come to this church? This is terrible. Let me have Santa Claus and the three kings. But no, listen, here's, here's what we read in chapter two, verse one. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, get that, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews? Their question is very important. And, and history actually records the significance of their question. You're like, how in the world would pagan kings know what's going on? We're going to get to that. 
for we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, not everybody was excited. Herod was not excited. Here's what you can know. Herod, who is, uh, they called him king of Judea. He was not like an ultimate king, but he was Rome's vassal that actually ruled that region. This dude suffered from some serious paranoia. Like he even had, if you, if you study history, he had some of his family killed off because he was sure that they were after his throne. In fact, history records that when he took, when he took uh, his, his uh, position, he went to the Jewish leaders, they, they call it the Sanhedrin, and he actually removed several of the Sanhedrin and, and put in, now there were other, they were other Jewish, uh, you know, Jewish people that you know, would have known the scriptures, all that sort of thing, but he put his own guys who he thought were gonna be loyal. He was scared to death that somebody that somebody was gonna take his position away. Well, man, he hears this. You know, he, he hits the paranoia button. It says he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And so what he did was he assembled all the chief priests and scribes and he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Now notice, they knew, they knew the scripture. It wasn't like this was some big mystery. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it was written by the prophet, they're quoting scripture here, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. He's a hypocrite. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, not Matt, but they did, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And we'll end the reading of scripture here. And, and real quick, I, I just want to acknowledge this. I'm not going to hit this part, but I, what took place next is just crazy. Herod, I told you, is paranoid. When, when they don't show up, he actually goes on a rampage and he, rampage, he ends up killing all the young boys under the age of two that lived in Bethlehem. And like it is, like, you know, when we sing it's the most wonderful time of the year, it might be now, but it wasn't when Jesus was born. In fact, there, there was a sound of a lot of, of weeping. It was, it was dark. In fact, the way Jesus, the only reason Jesus escaped is that Joseph had another dream. We talked about a dream last week. He had another dream where the angel appeared to him and said, get out of town. They go to Egypt. And there's a whole other lot of prophecy that was fulfilled because of that. But, but what we have is, is the, you know, what I'm going to be looking at is not so much that part of the story, but it's there. But I want to look at you know, these, these guys that come looking for Jesus. And, and, and you see why I talk about this being the seeker's chapter. Um, and you know, I, I've, I've been around long enough. It's not like I've got everything all figured out and I, I have all the answers to everything. But th there are a few things that I have figured out and I've learned. And, and one of that is this. We, we all, in some way, we're all seekers. And it's funny because usually we're, we're seeking 
three things. Like, like it might look differently. The stories might be different, but we're all seeking the same, really, it'll boil down at least these three things. We're seeking security. What's going to bring safety? What's going to bring stability and, and all that sort of thing? We're, we're, we're seeking fulfillment. You know, what, what will satisfy me? What will bring me joy or happiness? However we, we decide, I mean, we define that. But, but we're also all seeking significance. Like e- even, even if you're convinced that because of your past, because of where you came from or your circumstances that your life has no value, we all long for that. And like even the guy, the, even the tough dude that's like, I don't need nothing, you're John Wayne. I, I'm telling you, in some way, we're, we're all seeking for that. In our, in our journeys, they, they, they take us a lot of different places. You know, sometimes we'll, you know, we, we think that, that uh, love is going to deliver on that. And so it's almost like we want, you know, if we're happy in love and we love being happy, like that's all going to go together. And, and, and so we wrestle with the fact because we romanticize things to the place that we think everybody's going to love the same. I mean, we're, we're all going to be in perfect level. That's not true. You're, you're imperfect. Whoever it is that loves you and you love them, they're imperfect. And what happens is sometimes in imperfect love, we're like, well, I'm not happy, so I need to move somewhere else because this is the wrong person. And this is just free preaching. Like, if you married the person, they're the right person. Mm, that's good. That's good. I don't know. I'm going to give an invitation right here. No, I'm t- ah. but no, but, but what we find is that, that, that love in, its, in and of itself doesn't, doesn't deliver. Like, like toys, like things. Like, if I can get this... Then, then I'll be happy. But I mean, you, you've watched your kids open Christmas presents, right? If they have more than one present, even when they open something that they, they wanted, they're like, oh, cool. And then they set it aside and they go to the next thing. And, and in a weird sort of way, we're the, we're the same way. Man, listen, I, every time I get a new car, I, I just, I'm, I love it. I just, I am a fan of, of new. I love it. I get a new, new phone, whatever. And, and, but, but what you know is that the new wears off and, and what you think was, was gonna be the satis, satisfaction isn't necessarily that. It, it, it doesn't do that. And I, I mean, I can, I can go on. We, we search for it in strength and power, you know, whatever. Here's, here's the point. Those, those things, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. Love is a great thing. But, but all, you know, the gifts, whatever, those, those are blessings, I was telling somebody recently, we've, man, over the last few weeks, we've, uh, man, we've you know, had a lot of people that have come forward, we've been praying, and I was just telling some guy, somebody recently that came forward, he, he, I asked him, what, what, are you, what are you looking for? He said, I'm asking God to give me this, this, and this. And I said, dude, what, what you're praying for, I said, you can't even enjoy them if God gives them to you because you haven't found Christ, and, and I'm getting, kind of getting ahead of myself, but I, I just need to lay this out. Anytime that we take a blessing, but we determine that we have to have that blessing to be secure, to be satisfied, to find significance, what we're going to find is we're going to choke the life out of what we thought was going to give us life. Because things weren't intended to, to, and and even relationships with, with other people weren't intended to give us life. Like, like, if anything's your crutch other than Jesus... Even though it's, it, it's many times a blessing that God gives us, we actually miss out and we actually hurt that thing because we're, we're expecting from it something it was never intended to provide. 
What I love is that when you find Jesus, we can actually enjoy love. And we can, in, we can appreciate the gifts and, and we can enjoy them, but we don't put our ultimate, man, our, our worth or security in those things. And, and I, I want to stay there for a while, but I, I got to keep moving. Because there's a, there's a few things that I, I know, and, and one of them is this. In a crowd this size, there are probably some of you that are seekers. In fact, I think, here's what I found. You can even be around the things of God. You can know the word of God and still be a, a seeker. You, you can know but yet you haven't found. And, and, and so, so today there are three things I want to I point out for seekers that, I, man, I, I see here and when, when it comes to these wise guys and wise men, <laughs> wise guys, uh, wise men, um, that, I, that I think we can, we, it can actually point us in the right direction. The first thing is this, finding the answer begins with a sign. Finding an answer begins with a sign. Now, I'm going to geek out just a little bit because I'm, I'm a history buff. Some of you not know that. But, but there's some really cool things that actually provide a lot of weight and context to what's going on. First of all, okay, so I'm, I'm going to hit a few things. First of all, astrology was a big deal uh, back in this, in, in this time. Like, people studied the stars. They believed that, that the heavens gave all kinds of different signs. Specifically, there, there was this theory that, that any time uh, a great person was born, a great person was dying or a great person died, that, that there would be something in the stars to, to actually tell that it's either going to happen or had happened. So, so for instance, actually one of the greatest flukes of history happened after Julius Caesar was assassinated. With, uh, you know, they had this big ceremony uh, you know, for, for, his, for his funeral. And, and during the ceremony, this massive supernova appeared in the sky. And everybody's like, see, we told you so. And this, this happened in 44 BC. And so this really helped, helped the astrologer's business. So like, hey man, I'm telling you, this is the way it goes. And so, so we had that. Well, then there's a, there's a second thing that was going on here that we, we find not just, even though there are, there are prophecies that coming out of Judea is going to be this ruler. In fact, you know, they, uh, you know, the scribes actually went to that prophecy. But there was actually this rumor that had spread not just through, through Judea. It was actually making us... Uh, thank you, Siri. Uh, it was making other different. It making its way to other places. In fact, we know it made to Rome. That out of this region was going to come a great ruler. Now they didn't know that it was specifically coming from the Jews. They just knew from this region it was going to happen. In fact, uh, historians like. Uh, like Tacitus, uh, Josephus writes about this. Um, let's see, uh, I think I wrote down the other guy. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Suetonius, he wrote a lot about this. And then even there was, a, there was a general, a Roman general, who this would have been after Jesus had died, was resurrected. This was in the 60s AD. There was a massive riot that took place in Jerusalem. Nero, who was emperor at the time, brings in you know, more Roman forces and the guy who led the charge and, and, and just destroyed what was taking place in Judea and, and man, just killed, just, just executed thousands of Jews was a, was a Roman general by the name of Vespasian. Now, while he was in Judea, all, all this is going on, Nero commits suicide and, and so there's no emperor. And so Vespasian, he actually goes back to Rome and he, he runs this campaign to become emperor of Rome, actually wins. But one of his main platform pieces was this, I came to you from Judea. I am the one that they've been saying, the great ruler that's coming out of Judea. Well, it won him an election, if you will, but he wasn't the guy. And so we've got this rumor, we've got all this. And then... Anybody remember what took place on December 21st, 2020? 
Anybody? You're like, hmm, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. Okay, so, so in 2020, I just, in December 21st, I had COVID, and so I hadn't been able to get out of the house. I'm miserable and all that sort of thing. But they had, they had something called the Great Conjunction. And it's when Saturn and Jupiter, came, it was visible from here. They, they came in our, our sky within a tenth of a degree of, of one another. In fact, I, I was thinking of that as I was studying, preparing. And I'm like, you know what? I want to I look this up to make sure I've got the date right. Because I thought, I thought it was around December 21st. NASA, I went on NASA's website. They talk about this and they actually called it the Christmas star. The reason they called it the Christmas star is because something took place very similar as it happened here. Now, for us, it was a big deal. They called it a great conjunction because it hadn't happened for 400 years. In fact, it had been 800 years dating back to the, it was the, 12, uh, the 12th century since it had happened here where we could see it from our sky, according to astronomers. But what we know from recorded human history is that the same thing took place somewhere around the turning of from BC to AD. There's like a, there's like a 12 year period. It could be it, it, like, if you're in the middle of that, it could be six years this way, six years that way. It's right in that general time period. We know that that took place. And so when people, you know, read scripture, they're like, oh, this is just the stuff of myth. It's just nothing more than uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus and whatever else. No, 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 no. Actually, history reveals this. God gave a sign. And the wise men followed this sign. They went seeking for answers. Now, I want to pause here because did you know that, that God will always be the one who leads people to Jesus? Jesus said, John 6, 44, he said, no man comes to me unless the Father draws him. And, and, and many times he'll do that. He'll, he'll give us signs. The, 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 the signs could be as different from night and day for each of us. I'll guarantee you, anyone who's come to Christ has a story. They're like, man, something happened. It might've been a conversation of this gnawing discontent, not the holy discontent. I'm talking a, a discontent, something is missing. I've got to find, and you start off on a search for truth. For some of you, it might've been people in your life or whatever, but, but here's the thing, the Lord, it's, it's God who leads us to Jesus Christ. And in, in, in fact, it's, it's through whatever the, the means, it's through this, this, it's called conviction, this word called conviction. And conviction simply means we become increasingly convinced that Jesus Christ is the answer. God will always use signs. Now, real, real quick, a caveat is this, not all signs are from God. And, and the reason I need to caveat that is this, the, 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 the signs that are from God leading to Christ, they will always lead to Christ and they will stop at Christ. Because there are many times that, that, that we, we're looking for signs here, there, and everywhere. And we're like, oh, the, this open door must be from the Lord. I'm gonna tell you right now, you ever heard that country song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers? I'm gonna tell you some truth to that. Not every open door is from God, but, 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 but God's signs will always lead to Christ. They will glorify Christ. They will stop at Christ. And, and here's the thing you need to know. Some of you, I believe that, that I'm talking to seekers that are here. I don't know where you are, but I believe that God in his, his grace and his goodness, he'll, he'll send you a sign. But signs, though, they, they can energize us and, and in a sense catalyze us to move forward looking for the answers. Sometimes they're uncomfortable because they disrupt our sin. They disrupt our comfort, our complacency. They, they, they require us searching. And you know, the person that I don't respect is, whether it's a Christian, atheist, whatever, is a person who doesn't search for answers. 
I, like, like that, this, this intellectual, intellectually weak approach to Christianity, I just struggle with that. Like literally, we've, we've been given answers. In fact, I would say this, it's not that just that, that the journey to the answer begins with a sign. It, it's specifically, it's scripture. It's the map that takes us to Christ. Because, you know, like if you want to get someone a trick question, you say, you know, what was it that led the wise men to Christ? Everybody's going to say the star. Well, no, the star was the sign, but it was actually scripture. They had to go to Jerusalem. It got them in the general, the general area. But it was when they talked to Herod, Herod brought the scribes when they went to scripture to show him where it was that they were supposed to be. They said, oh, the prophets wrote this in Bethlehem of Judea. That's where you're going to find he that is to be born king of the Jews. And I think it's important that we remember that, man, the word of God, it's more than a religious relic or some magic eight ball. This is no good luck charm, okay? It's the word of God. Now, there are some of us that honestly, we suffer from what I call bibliolatry. We actually worship the book rather than the person who wrote it. Now, don't get me wrong. That is, that is not me diminishing scripture in any way. I believe in the infallibility of scripture. This is the word of God. I believe that men wrote this as the Holy Spirit moved their pen to write. But the thing is, it, it, we, we do not just have this so we can be smart about what's in here. Paul wrote, knowledge in and of itself puffs up. You know, it'd kind of be like, you know, have all the kids home and, for Christmas. And let's just say tonight we're all playing games or whatever. Lori's upstairs and she texts me and she says, hey, Keith, could you bring up the, dirt, uh, the, the clean clothes from the dryer so that I can fold them? And, and, and I said, oh, kids, we've just received a message from the Lori. That's her name, you know, Lori. <laughs> it just sounds good. I'm going with it. I mean, this is the most incredible thing. Let's break it down. I mean, the implication here is that she can make dirty things clean. <laughs> wow. What, what, what do you see in the text? What does this text mean to you? Well, I see that, you know, she has, you know, that we have the ability to partner with her and her work. Oh, that's good. Oh, I see that she knows you by name and she calls you by name. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to save this text. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to memorize this text. I'm going to treasure this text. We're going to teach this text. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, if I never take the laundry upstairs, I miss the whole point of what she sent. And I think that we can attend Bible studies like Man, we started a Bible study years ago, still going on on Wednesdays. Man, it took us over a year to go through the book of John. We were breaking it down two verses at a time. And that is a wonderful thing, to dig into the word, to make sure that we understand it. But if we're just doing this so we can have more knowledge, we have wasted the reason why the word was given. The word was given to point us to Jesus. And I'm just going to pause and do a little preaching just for a second, okay? Parents, grandparents, don't you listen to me. You cannot point your kids to Jesus without the word of God. Can't do it. If the word of God, listen, if the word of God is not read and taught in your, in your homes, I'm just, telling, I'm just telling you right now, they, we, we might talk about we, the, some generality stuff, but it's, it's the word that's going to get us to Jesus. We're like, well, man, that's what you guys are for. That's what we pay you guys for. Send them to youth group. I'm sending them to Grace Kids. You know what we found out? The person that considers himself a full-time uh, or a, uh, you know, a regular attender at Grace Bible Church shows up about 40 times a year. 
Which means, I'm gonna let's just take this with your kids. If they show up on Wednesday night for, for Grace students, we got, we got them for about, oh, an hour and a half. You can do the math. You can see how many hours that we, we have them for the year. They come to Grace Kids, it's about an hour. That's 40 hours, 40 hours a year. Now, I love what's going on in Grace Kids. I love what's going on in Grace Students. Man, but we are not here to be the primary teacher. We're here to support what's being taught at home. And moms and dads and, grand, and grandparents, Please do not abdicate the responsibility and the opportunity that God has given to point your kids to Jesus. You're not going to save your kids, but you're going to point them to the word. You're going to make sure that they at least have the map. Scripture is the map that takes us to Christ. And here's what we find. Here's what we find. When we actually show up, we find, and a big surprise here, that Jesus is the answer. That Jesus is what we were looking for all along. You know, it's really interesting that as Matthew writes what he writes, his whole point is that Jesus is king. In fact, that's a theme that's found all through Matthew. He, he wants the Jews to understand that Jesus is the Messiah. He is, he is born king of the Jews. But specifically what he points out here in, in, in chapter 2 is in telling the, the story is that a king is worthy of worship. He points out that, that literally he is the source or he, he is the end of the search. I, I, love, I love, you know, when the, when the wise men came in, it says that, you know, when, when they saw the, the, the star there, they, they realized they're in Bethlehem at this point. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Like he could have just said they rejoiced. But no, he's like, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Because when you find what you've been looking for, there, there's something that, that comes, this joy that is given, it's, it's deeper than circumstances. It's, it's, it's something that, that consumes us the greatest quest for our lives when we find what we're looking for, Jesus. He's the glory, the security, the significance, the, the, the fulfillment that we're searching for. Literally, it leads to the ability for us to sing Isaac Watts' hymn, Joy to the World. Why? Because the Lord has come. Listen, some of you get this. Listen, listen it's not found in money. You, you guys have, have done that. You, you've tried that. There's never enough. It's not found in things. King Tut was buried with his treasure. It literally, he, he, his body disintegrated. His treasure remained. He didn't take it with him. I mean, it's not found in, in, in the arms of, of somebody else. Man, I've done my fair share of, of counseling across the years and, and people that are floating in a sea of loneliness and despair. Listen, it's not found. I've got to find this person. Guys, the answer is, is found in Christ, in his approval. Listen, finally, the significance that we've been looking for in the, in the praise of people are found in Christ. Man, that, 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 that security of, of, man, what are people gonna think of striving, of, of whatever? Listen, again, we can find this assurance in Christ. And, and, and this, this whole thing, this peace that passes all understanding. Guys, our fears are quieted in Jesus. Our, our longings are satisfied in Jesus. Our questions are answered in Jesus. Listen, 
The point of the journey that way too many people have missed is that at the end, the answer is Christ. But what I love is that the disciples, or the, the wise men didn't stop with acknowledging the star. They didn't stop at saying, hey, we found the place where he is. They went in and saw. And when they went in and saw, their immediate response, these astrologers that had, had, had followed God's sign to find the Savior, they bowed and they gave him their gifts. And I don't have time to break this down. There's a whole series we could do on these 12 verses. But they gave him their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They all are very, very, there's no accident why those gifts were given. But they fell down in worship. And you know, as, as we close our time here today, I, over the last several weeks, we've had the chance to, to pray with a lot of people. And I, I had the, the chance to, to pray with a guy. Actually, we've been praying for the last couple of months. And he's been on a journey looking for Jesus. And you talk about a guy whose life had fallen apart. I'm not going to, it's his story to tell. I'm going to let him put his name to a story. But, but the reality is, he got to a place, he's like, I, I just, I'm at my wit's end. My life is over, but there's a longing for something more. And it started, he showed up because he was longing for something and talking, and, and as, as, as we were talking about this, and, and we, we, we've met several times, the, the thing that he keeps coming back is, man, you don't know my past. And man, the more we taught, uh, I mean, the more we talked, and he's met with other guys, man, he's, he's digging into the word. And, and here's the thing, he, he came finally just, just a, a, week or so, uh, a week or so ago. He'd come forward, and, and uh, he, he had shared, he was the same guy that I acknowledged. He said he was looking for, for God to give him these things. And I had the conversation, I said, you're not, not gonna find him in things, you're gonna find it in Christ. And he went away, he's like, I'm not ready yet. Last week, God stirred him, but he, he said, I feel like Jesus is the answer, but here's where I'm at right now. He said, I've come all the way to knowing who the answer is, but now my big struggle is while I can believe that he's the answer for everybody else, I can't believe that he could possibly be the answer for me. And he shared his story, he shared his past, he shared his shame. He shared everything that he had wrestled with, everything that, that, that in his mind would disqualify him from coming in and bowing down and worship and being accepted. And after he got done, Will and I had the chance to pray with him and I, I said, but here's the one thing that you've left out. I said, it might be the most important word of this whole thing for, for seekers. It's grace. Because when you come in, you come in and you're like, I found what I'm searching for. And, and, and while you have that joy, this could be it. Then you're like, how could this be? The story, the Christmas story, the beauty of this story is that it's grace. It's grace that sent Jesus here. It's grace that has this incredible, gives us this incredible opportunity to be changed. Man, can I tell you that before your circumstances are changed, many times God will change you. 
A lot of times we're just looking for the changing of a circumstance. We want the healing. We want the miracle. We want the provision. But Jesus didn't come to beef up your 401k. Jesus said in Luke 19.10, I've come to seek and save the lost. Those that are on the journey, they're searching, but what am I searching for? Listen, today, you might have been around the things of God. Today, I want you to know that if you've missed out, even if you know the right answers. Listen, I was raised in the church. I knew all the right answers. I knew everything. I also knew how to be a stinking hypocrite. I knew how to play the game, to sing the songs, to raise my hand, to serve in ministry. And to, dude, I knew the answer. I just didn't receive. I didn't worship. I never bowed down until March of 1999. I was so broken and I was so tired of trying to keep up appearances. And that day, driving around 275 in Cincinnati, Ohio, I said, God, I don't care what it takes. I'm done being a hypocrite. I'm done with the faking. If you're not going to save me, fine, but I'm done being a hypocrite. But man, the only thing I've got is Jesus. And if you can save me, would you save me? In 1999, God changed my life forever. Just like last week, the young man that we were praying with came forward and he found the answer and God changed him. God changed him. The seeker found what he was searching for. As we stand this morning, we close this service. I don't know where you're at. I don't know who's here. Many of you, you're on a journey. Go ahead and stand. You're on a journey. Maybe you've been searching for answers. You don't know where to go. Here's what I know. It's, it's not enough to just know the answer. Herod knew. Herod tried to wipe out the answer. The scribes knew. But the scribes didn't care enough to go looking for the answer for themselves. No, the, the people who found the answer were the ones who took the journey to Bethlehem. And, and guys, as I pray to close out this service, at the end of this service, if, if, you're, if you're on this journey and today God has spoken to you, can we pray? You, you take a road, man, maybe the last leg of your journey is going to be walking in this aisle. And we're gonna, you can just stand up here. Let's talk. Let's just see what God has I can't ordain the time of salvation, but God can. And if this is it, when we're here to pray. But Lord, as we close this service, I'm thankful that you've given us a story of, three, of, of these, these guys. We don't know who they are. We don't know if there were three, if there were four, if there were more. But, but God, people who were on a journey, they saw your sign. And instead of ignoring your sign, they followed. Now God, I'm proud. Probably, it's probably when, when they saw where the, the star, where the star took them and where your scriptures led them through the scribes, it probably wasn't what they probably thought. But God, they went in, they found, they worshiped. And I'm praying that if there's been somebody that's been on a journey seeking you, that instead of stopping short of knowing the answer, that this morning they would respond and receive that grace that the answer Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus, the one who has come to save us from our sins, God, they would experience the grace that you provide through Christ's work. And so, Lord, I just pray if that person is here that they would, that they would respond to your invitation and for what you're going to do in and through your people, I thank you for this. Dear God, as, this, as we go into this next week, I just pray for your blessing. May this be a time of, of reflection, but even of celebration that Christ has come and may we remember, reflect, and rejoice in what that means. We 
can know the answer. And so, Lord, for what you're going to do for those who have, who have not only known but those who have received, we thank you for this. And I pray this in the strong name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Listen, before you head out, I know on Sunday there are some of you that your families are going to be fighting over who you spend time with mess with them. Show up at church. We're going to be meeting on Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, and 11. Hope to see you. But if I don't have a Merry Christmas, you're dismissed.